1: Revolutionize your hiring process today by jumping over to thiswayglobal.com and checking out AI for Jobs, where you can learn more about how to leverage AI for your recruiting instead of just writing poems and grocery lists. That is thiswayglobal.com.
0: We out.
2: You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser, but... Did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way no other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control with sovereign matching isn't some frustrating black box trust us it's magic one-shot deal like all the others no with sovereign matching is completely understandable completely controllable and actually kind of fun sovereign software so human you'll want to take it to dinner
1: Hide your kids. kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast.
0: Monday, Monday, Monday. What's up, everybody? This is Joel Cheeseman of the Chad and Cheese Podcast. As always, I am joined by my faithful co-host, Chad Sowash. Chad, how are you? Well, hello. Hello there. Hello. And today we are honored, very honored to have the illustrious... Okay, that's strong. ...iSIM's I <laughs> chief marketing officer, friend of the show, Susan Vitale. 15-year <laughs> veteran. She's she's a little scared to be on the show today, Chad. I, I don't know why. It's-
1: right, because you played that sound effects about 20 times.
3: <laughs> she's like, what the... What the fuck is going on here? <laughs>
0: all, right, all right, Susan. For the, for those lost souls that don't know who you are, give them, give them the spiel real quick.
3: Okie doke. Well, I'm Susan Vitale. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer with iSIMS, the talent cloud company uh, that empowers organizations to attract, engage, hire, advance diverse winning teams. Um, I lead our brand and growth marketing efforts. And as you mentioned, been with the company for just over 15 years now. So honored to be here and uh, <laughs> lovely to be back with you. <laughs> and I mean that sincerely.
1: Honored <laughs> to be here. Uh-huh. So, let's, let's,
3: <laughs> let, let's dig into that that
1: uh, past a little bit, shall we, Susan? So you climbed the corporate ladder and now you're the CMO. Totally get that. But let's start at the beginning. So in 2005, uh-huh. graduated from Lehigh. And you went straight to ISIMS as a marketing coordinator. Tell us that story. How did you get the gig? Who did you report to? And why did you take the job in the first place? What is an applicant tracking system in 2005?
3: Uh, it's funny. So I was in college and I got a call. Um, my resume had been found on MonsterTrack. For those of us who remember that, and I date myself, that was the call version of Monster. I got a call when I was um, a senior in college at Lehigh University, uh, interested in, in chatting further about some opportunities by our then director of marketing and sales, Adam Feigenbaum. Came in and took an interview, and I've been very honest with iSIMS that I had no intentions of actually taking a job at an applicant tracking software company in Hazlett, New Jersey, <laughs> in a dentist's office suite. It was really just <laughs> an opportunity to get some experience with an interview. But um, got to meet Adam, got to meet Colin, our founder and and now chairman. um, And really just wonderful people, as as you both well know. Great opportunity. And both of those, uh, the people and the opportunity have kept me here for now, you know, past 15 years.
1: So there have been a ton of changes in our industry since you've joined, obviously. What are some of the biggest changes, especially around applicant tracking?
3: Well, I think applicant tracking is blocking and tackling for talent acquisition or recruiting software nowadays. I think the pendulum continues to swing over the years of best of breed, full suite, best of breed, full suite. One of the big milestones, I think, if I recall in our um, company's history, is Our move back in 2012 to say we're not going to go across all things talent management and go an inch deep mile wide we see recruiting as critically important it's consumer facing it's different from the rest of hr but it's more than just applicant tracking and that's where we really started to make some investment and put some energy behind areas like new hire onboarding and candidate relationship management and video and social and mobile and things like that so Mm -hmm. Um, to me, that's been the biggest shift. Almost anybody can say they have applicant tracking software, but to have something that's really rich and you know ready for today's global enterprise is a different story, but an ATS alone is certainly not enough. The other big thing I'd mention is that probably since I've been in this industry, um, pundits will say... The ATS is dead. The ATS is dying. The ATS is going away, and I've yet to see that actually happen.
0: As as heartwarming as that trip down memory lane was, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the present. And you guys have recently rebranded. So the 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 sharp red, the uh, the italics, uh, Sims and the I and, and Ike and all that stuff like. So walk us through the why and the how of the rebrand.
3: Well, it's been a really fulfilling experience. I, I mean that it's been um, uh, an exhausting experience to go through a brand refresh like this, but it's been really fun too. So um, probably about seven months ago or so, we were thinking about where our company is, was, is going, uh, and how that lined up with, with the industry, uh, where the industry was, is, and was going, and felt like there was an opportunity for ISIMS to better reflect where we fit in and and where we're going. Uh, And frankly, where we want to take the industry. And so there was an opportunity to say, from a look and feel perspective, certainly, I mean, that that's really the fun part of a lot of this. But just Mm -hmm. as importantly, if not more importantly, is the story that goes alongside it and the way in which we represent our portfolio to our customers and the market overall. So we went through lots and lots of um, research and strategy work. It doesn't just happen overnight, um, as as I'm sure you both are well aware. So we Mm -hmm. went through a lot of strategy work related to what our employees were feeling, what customers were feeling, um, et cetera, and really wanted to spend a lot of time on this concept of a brand archetype. There's sort of a, a wheel of brand archetypes out there, and we landed in this creator archetype that says, we're here to create what's next. And just as importantly, we're here to enable and empower others to create what's next for their own organizations. And you can create amazing things when you have the right people on the right team at the right time. Um, that's sort of like the goosebumps you get when things are clicking and jiving, etc. So mm-hmm. that was really the... Um, kind of the heart behind it. And then of course we got to do some really beautiful work from a creative perspective. Uh, we did think about changing the name, uh, but, but I has some phenomenal brand equity out there.
0: What were some of the, what were some of the names that you floated out there that didn't get uh, caught up?
3: Oh, I'm, I'm saving all of them for when I create my own company. One of these days. So I can't tell
0: you. <laughs> Good answer. Good, did you Did you pay for outside help, or was this all internal?
3: We did. We, we worked with a number of different agencies, um, but also a number of our internal resources. We're not just involved. Actually, uh, despite working with some third-party agencies, uh, one of our in-house designers came up with our new logo. Um, so, shout out to Kevin uh, and our entire design and creative team, including Aggie and Justine and many, many others, because they worked their ass off for this, and I think they did an absolutely tremendous job, and I'm so proud that they're their work really is um, setting the stage for the ISIMs of the future.
0: Well, listen to you, many outside uh, companies. You guys are just printing money there at ISIMs, aren't you? So speaking of printing money, uh, you guys have a nice I
3: con- I don't even know where it's going to go, but it's a beautiful story. Just
0: roll with it, Susan. Just roll with it. So uh, speaking of printing money, um, you guys have a conference coming up with some pretty big names performing, presenting. I don't even know what to call it uh, when they're this this big of a celebrity. Talk about that. Um, and, and how much, you know, Trevor Noah and those guys cost to actually have come to your event. <laughs> <laughs> cause, cause we want, we want them to be at our event, right, Chad? Uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. So we do have, um, we have Isems Inspire coming up. It's actually our uh, first time doing a, a big ass, amazing virtual conference of this size. Um, big ass is this very specific way that we count the number of registrants. And so that's the territory we are now in. Um, Mm -hmm. So we've got thousands and thousands of incredible (laughs) registrants here. Um, The event is November 17th and 18th. Um, It is happening live uh, virtually, although the sessions will be available on demand as well. Uh, And you mentioned we have some awesome speakers. So um, we're having a keynote conversation with Mindy Kaling and Trevor Noah, who have been lovely to work with. Um, And I now feel like I can call them just by Mindy and Trevor um, because we're, we're good friends now. Fancy. We also have Moira Forbes. Uh, We have Jason Dorsey, who uh, knows quite a lot about, in a very interesting way, all these different generations and how we can connect with and and work with uh, different generations. We have Jeanette Rene, who is really phenomenal in areas of wellness and self-care, which I can't help, as soon as I say that, to look at the giant bag of gummy bears on my desk, which has been my lunch, Um, (laughs) so I need to talk with her. We have Cynthia Marshall. I don't know if either of you have heard her speak before. She is friggin' awesome. She is the Mm. CEO of Dallas Mavericks um, and has done an unbelievable job as it relates to diversity and inclusion and culture at that organization. Um, We also have uh, Erica Vellini, who I love. You two might remember. I I was just so delighted to have her at um, our Influence event last year. Um, And we also have Really amazing customer speakers uh, talking about their experiences, their stories, some of which have been customers of ours for a long time. Some are, are newer. But as an example, Tommy Watt, uh, who leads uh, TA and mobility and is the chief diversity officer of Memorial Sloan Kettering. We have Marie Ardem, who I love from Enterprise Holdings. We have Chloe Rada from Sodexo uh, and a host of just really fantastic talent. We're, we're so proud to put on the event.
0: Are, are, are Chad and Cheese going to be
1: there?
3: You tell me. I hope so. Find your kids. <laughs> I'd
1: like uh, I'd like to put in a request uh, for Moira Rose uh, from Schitt's Creek next year. That'd be great.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Have you seen some of these little kids dressed up in Schitt's Creek for Halloween that's yes. been circulating online? It's so funny.
1: It is. It, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to go, go back a little bit to... The, the feeling of being able to, to be that brand. I mean, you've, you've been the brand, the colors, the Ike for you know, over a decade. I know the refreshing piece, it finally became refreshing, but how hard was that? Because that was pretty much, those were your colors. That, that was your logo. That lit, literally, personally, I, I would have thought felt like it was yours. How hard was it to break out of that shell?
3: Way easier than you'd expect. I mean, I think we've done a good job of trying to retain some core elements to our brand. So for example, um, we still have red as part of our color palette. It's just part of the secondary. Um, mm-hmm. Ike is still there, but has a little bit of a, a makeover. Um, the name itself. I mean, we, we truly scrutinized and agonized over a lot of these things. And it becomes truly, as as you have these conversations with folks inside and outside the organization, you feel like somebody's recording you because it becomes this... Satire of what happens in a marketing meeting where you're like spitting hairs over these really silly things, but they matter. And there there are emotional connections to a brand, for the employees, for the customers. I mean, you would not imagine how many notes I got internally um, of people saying, you can't get rid of Ike. My customers are obsessed. Here are pictures of our customers with just like a, a... Shrine to Ike, which is um, both troubling and awesome. So we really did try and consider that and ensure that the best parts of our legacy came through in, in the future. But man, we were ready for it. We were so ready for it and just needed the opportunity and the energy behind it to do it. So, you know, it's it's a very personal thing for me, as you know, and, and actually there were times I got a little emotional going through it because I'm like, this really matters. And I'm so proud of what we've built. In February, we announced our 20 year anniversary as a company, and I felt like this is the right time to do it, right? We can put this this history in a box, but a glass box, so we can keep looking back at it and being really proud of what we've done. But let's take this thing to the next level for the next chapter.
1: So, Kevin, yeah, you can reach out to us, buddy, because we want to hear all the stories about the time she gave you the evil eye over this new Woo. logo. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> so, from the standpoint of repackaging, I mean, this is a new message. It's a it's a new iSIMs. Why was it necessary?
3: Well practical reasons um, that were part of this. And there were also some maybe less practical and more just more um, future facing reasons. But when I look at the practical side, we have built a lot and acquired a lot over the last couple of years, and there needed to be a rationalization of that portfolio that spoke in, in frankly, human language. I think we overcomplicated some of our marketing and, and our representation of the portfolio over the last few years as we sorted through um, acquisitions, which happens, um, even the companies need to live in it and roll around in it a little while to really do this well um, and get customer feedback on how it's going, get industry feedback on how it's going and how it's landing. And so um, I'm proud of the fact that we said some of this is working and some isn't. Let's do it right moving forward. Let's use descriptive language on the portfolio. We don't need to have so many means to market um, that we overcomplicate things and require a a glossary and, you know, for people to get it. So a lot of it was around rationalization of the portfolio and simplification, both for internal and external audiences. Um, Another big piece to this was, um, and there were two more, one is um, really being clear that we see AI as this underpinning across the the portfolio. It's not just a product that you buy and, and you check the box. Um, I think as both of you well know, we we acquired Opening I.O. Um not too long ago and, and you know Andrea and team and they're just super smart and fun, just awesome dublin-based group. And that layered on top of some of the other AI work we had been doing internally, um, some of which was patent pending. So we had a lot of energy in here already, and opening helped give a lot more fuel to that fire. But it was important for us to say this needs to be clear. We need to be clear that AI is sort of this this engine underneath all of these products. It's not just one product. Um, And the third and final sort of catalyst to this was our interest in better representing the work that iSIMS does and can do for our customers around mobility. Um, We've been talking about it for years. And in fact, I, I remember early days, some of the work we were doing for some very big brands around their mobility programs. But we needed to show some additional energy behind it where you know, the data shows there just aren't enough necessarily people outside of companies four walls, virtual or otherwise, to fill all of these roles. And uh, employees leave companies because of perceived limited advancement. And so we wanted to really put a stake in the ground and say, it's not just about a transactional hire. It's about that, that spark that comes when you have the right people in the right teams. And some of that includes advancing people's career into new roles, gigs, and projects projects. It's not just about an internal career site that you've moved from a marketing coordinator to a marketing manager, as an example, there are new ways of thinking about work and jobs that we need to power through some mobility technology, uh, and so those are those are just a couple of reasons.
0: So, Susan, knowing that you listen to our show religiously, um, I know that uh,
3: it's incredibly calming. It's it's like yeah. a meditative experience, really.
0: Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> and as, as much as I want to ask you about the career builder outage and how many of their ATS clients are calling you guys up, um, I will
1: refrain from that. <laughs>
0: Um, instead, I'm going to ask about uh, other big news in, in uh, this, the industry this past week. Uh, you guys integrated, did something, partnered with this little company called Microsoft. So lay it out in your terms exactly what's going on and, and why it benefits everybody.
3: Thanks. Um, and yeah, thanks for for covering that briefly on your show. Um, I talked to Mike Wilczek, by the way. He feels like you're not giving him enough love. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's needs to be, so. Um somebody's so jealous that.
1: over there. He's wait a very minute, very wait very a very minute. Very somebody's very jealous. Somebody's jealous well, yeah. of Mike Time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I talked to Mike after about it and um I, I had a lot of fun with him on that one. So um, no, he's he's done a phenomenal, phenomenal job for our company as it relates to MA, strategic partnerships, strategic planning, um, and, and where we're going as a brand. And as you might recall. Um, when Mike joined, that was really the start of, of opening up this partner ecosystem and doing a lot more with the community around us versus just our own products. So um, as much as I joke being from Jersey and I like to uh, poke fun at Mike, um, we are incredibly appreciative and I love the guy. Um, as it relates to the news you were, you were uh, specifically asking about, we did announce um, we were really excited. We got um, an, a top HR product of the year award from the HR tech conference. For our work with Microsoft. Um, Specifically, we're doing some really cool things with the Microsoft Teams uh, technology. Uh, And I I think both of you know, having been in this industry long enough, even the best recruiting platform and and talent technology um, with the best user experience and the coolest, slickest analytics, et cetera, um, people don't always want to live in, um, particularly as you think about hiring managers and those who might not um, be, say, recruiting all day. So the work with teams allows a lot of the um, the day-to-day recruiting work to really live in the applications that people live in every day. Um, and, and teams obviously being a big one, particularly nowadays as everybody is remote. So we'll be able to better integrate some of that Um, Through Teams, specifically as we think about how to automate interview scheduling, how to queue up interview feedback forms uh, and send interview feedback directly through Teams, um, literally real time as somebody is going through this video um, interview, Um, better self-scheduling capabilities as well, Um, and then just better collaboration as we think about um, forms, etc. How do we have less clicks, less friction, less applications that have to push data to and through um, and have that live within teams? So we'll, uh, we'll be announcing more of that and showing more of it at Inspire in November. But um, for now, we're just so excited to share that it's coming and that it's been recognized by the HR Tech Conference uh, as an awesome new tech.
0: Interesting. So, so Chad and I like to talk about uh, the current pandemic and the state of the world as sort of an accelerant to things happening really fast. And instead of, of months or years, these things are happening uh, much faster. And I'm just curious, as someone who's been doing this for a long time, what does an ATS look like 10 years from now?
3: Well, I couldn't agree more First, that I see this this pandemic, among many, many other things, Um as being an accelerant to a lot of the the conversations and and the work and the technology advancements, et cetera, that companies have been discussing for a very long time. Um, And when we think about where we're going and, and therefore where we believe the industry is going, I see this pandemic as accelerating conversations about digital transformation and the future of work. And you can kind of roll your eyes and say, yep, everyone's been talking about that. And that's kind of the point is that we've all been talking about it, maybe taking some steps forward. But now we're taking leaps forward because we have to, not because we think it's something that will look good on a resume. Um, and when we think about what this looks like in the future, I don't, I don't think of it as just an applicant tracking system. To me, it doesn't really matter what we label it, but it's the, the backbone technologies that you need to attract awesome talent, to connect and engage and communicate with them, to hire them effectively and to advance them. And I see this as more of a continuum or a loop than maybe a a straight funnel or a line. Um, And as we think about that, it's about how do we have the right balance of AI and and people? Obviously, AI is becoming a a really big, important part of how everybody does their jobs and as we think about staffing. But there are also human elements that are still only from humans, right? Creativity, imagination, things like that. So how do we balance that better? And how does technology tap into the best parts of us and and automate the rest? Um, How do we think about gig work contingent and evolving marketplace of talent? How do we think about um, project-based work, etc.? cetera? So I share all this because in some respects, I think that a lot of consulting organizations really do this well in terms of model, not always in terms of tech, but they think of, of people as a lot more fluid than hiring them into a transactional role. And it's about people on bench and you want to move them on to really exciting, important work that moves your business forward and grows your business. Um, and to me, that's really a model we can all consider as we think about hiring people to be on great teams and not just the role they're hired into, but that what that means for the team around them and if they're going to... Um, You know, move that team forward as well, whether on a specific project or for a part time role or a full time role um, and what their overall trajectory looks like and and their path looks like within your within your business.
1: So, Susan, I want you to put your uh, your big brand marketing hat on for a second. We're seeing organizations focus heavily on standing for something they believe in emboldening behind a purpose which goes further than industry for example oreos just dropped a, a short film which supports lgbtq rights uh joel and i love the audi commercial with the father and the daughter that supports gender equality don't and make me cry don't yeah <laughs> try not and Smart Recruiters has just dropped a manifesto of sorts on how to build an anti-racist organization. What do you think about these types of innovations or these, these in initiatives in our space? Are they important? Do you see ISMs doing some things like this? What are your thoughts?
3: They are absolutely important. Um, I think when we were going through this brand exercise, we had a lot of conversations around bringing humans and humanity back to it. And frankly, for a while, I think when we did a competitive audit, a lot of the companies in our space were really big at showing screenshots and hands, screenshots and hands. Um, But you never really saw people and it wasn't about how they were working um, or the impact they had on on the businesses that they came into. So it was really important for us to not necessarily over rotate and get super fluffy on this and, and not really have the substance behind it. But When we thought about our why, we said, bringing the right talent together with the right teams can transform business and the world. And it's not to go so far that, again, we we don't say, well, we're a software company and and we provide great service, et cetera. But we have to bring it up a level um, to re-inspire people about why we do what we do and the impact we can all have if we get it right. So I think it's critically important. Um, At Inspire this year, um, as a, a little bit of a nod to that. We're planning on um, sharing a bit more about a pledge um, that that we're taking as well as we're encouraging our community to take. So we've got thousands and thousands of customers. We've got 10,000 plus talent innovators in this customer community of ours. Um, when we think about the partner network, et cetera, I mean, we can really shape what the workforce looks like moving forward. And so it's important for us to take that seriously and, and see it as a responsibility and not as a um, a social responsibility checkbox that we relegate um, to one individual in a junior role. Um, it has to be part of the brand. So we'll share more about it in just a couple of weeks.
0: All right, Susan, I want to go back to the future and, and let you out on this one. Um, in your 15 some years in this industry, what's been one thing that's really surprised you or something that you said, I didn't see that one coming?
3: Hmm. There are probably like 11 snarky answers I can give to that. But that's I'm what I'd like. Give me that. <laughs>
1: I didn't see two idiots doing a podcast that anybody
3: would
0: listen to.
1: <laughs> or me
0: being a guest on that show. Good Lord.
3: Well, you know, I think at some times, and I'm sure you guys can probably relate, I can't believe we're still having the same conversations in some of these respects that we were having 15 years ago. I would hope as part of the silver lining of of the hot mess that we are all in right now is that we stop talking about it and we start getting on the train and doing it in terms of some of the, the transformation that needs to happen um, because, you know, our new tagline of talent powers transformation isn't just a tagline. It's real. That tech alone isn't going to do this stuff, but, but companies and people need to get on board and move this, move this stuff forward. So, you know, the fact that people are still using really crappy technology to do really important things. I mean, probably 10 years ago, we talked about it as the elephant in the room, that executives will talk about talent being critically important to their organizations and then use horrible technology to get it done and then point fingers at recruiting to say, why do you suck? That's ridiculous. I can't believe we're still having diversity and inclusion conversations to the basic level that we are. Um, The conversation should always exist. We should always be pushing everybody forward. But there are some basic things that people are acting are way acting like they're way harder than they really are um, and that that to me is really disheartening.:
1: Exactly well Susan Vitali everybody. Susan, if someone wants to tap into your extensive Golden Girls trivia knowledge or maybe <laughs> they might just want you to fill in for an online bridge or Pinochle tournament, how can they connect with you? <laughs>
3: Oh, um, well, you can hit me on Twitter or LinkedIn. That's probably both are pretty easy. It's Susan underscore Vitale on, um, on Twitter. And you can just look look me up on LinkedIn as well, just by the Susan Vitale name. And yeah, I'll, I'll geek out to Golden Girls all day, every day. And as a fun fact, I yeah. want to give you is that I once won a Golden Girls trivia at Golden Girls Drag. Oh. On a Valentine's weekend. <laughs> nothing romance quite like that. Um, so, you, so
1: there you go. Wow, that's one lucky guy. I got, Let's I hear I it got nothing.
0: <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. Susan, we love, ya.
2: love you. Back. And we, we out.
1: out. We out. Thank you for listening to Podcasts with Chad and Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting, they talk about technology, but most of all, they talk about nothing. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We out.